0: And we're back yeah. after our three week break, you know, a little time to reflect on the NFL season, take take some time to rest. How was how your mental reset? It's
1: pretty good. You know, good to be back. Like you said, a couple weeks off, uh, nothing crazy. You know, it's important to, to take a rest after the NFL season ends. We did leave on a good note though, off that Super Bowl pod. We haven't really talked about that, but we pretty much got the entire Super Bowl, cracked. Fucking nailed it. We, we 100% nailed that Super Bowl. So that, that was a good podcast, uh, to leave on for this little break but yeah it's important to take a step away and this is the time of the year where i think it is the right time to take a little break from you know social media twitter fantasy twitter especially you know youtube and the comments that people leave on every single video take a break get a nice mental health reset in there uh that's definitely important and i've seen a lot of you know bigger creators talking about it too like you know that they just started to feel burnt out. And you definitely experience that towards the end of the season, especially when, you know, you're talking about the same thing every single day for months on end, making pretty much the same content over and over. So it's good to take a break and, you know, know, just focus on some other things for a couple of weeks, but it's also good to be back and get back into the swing of things as well. So
0: I'm ready. I am ready to get back to podcasting. I'm ready to switch the vibes up. That's something that we've been talking about a lot behind the scenes. You know, what improvements we can make, how to how to take this thing to the next level. And that's, that's much needed.
1: And, and of course, if anybody has any suggestions, you can always tweet at us or DM us or whatever, any things that you want to see added into the pod. We do have a lot of ideas that we can make this pod better, but obviously the consumer feedback is a big part of it. So if you guys have any feedback, for us make sure you tell us um it's greatly appreciated but yeah a lot of a lot of big things on the horizon in terms of production value and entertainment value increasing we have a lot of pod's plan which we will talk about yeah it's good it's good to be back and it's a, it's always good to have a little mental health break once in a while
0: but w- what happens when you take the mental health break and the mental health just disintegrates over that break <laughs> and you come back worse than when you started well then maybe this isn't the pod to talk about actually i'm sure it's not but yeah you know life is just totally devoid of meaning right now so i, I think that you know we have to find the meaning have to create the meaning And that's going to be this podcast going forward. I'm fully diving in, you know.
1: Facts, facts. You got to just fully commit yourself to something I think will help your mental health for sure.
0: And, you know, just you you just got to
1: understand, especially as a fantasy player, DFS player, there's going to be peaks, there's going to be valleys. So you can't really take either side too serious, in my opinion, because that's just life. You know, life life is just variance. We talk about it all the time. You know, you're going to have your lows. You're going to have your highs. Most of the time, it's just going to be in the middle of both and i think it's just important to live with that understand that that you know you're gonna you, you know you're gonna be sad sometimes you're gonna be happy uh but life goes on and there's still a lot of things to to be grateful for so i think that's really what what's important in, in this situation
0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 199 of the DFS Dose podcast, your fix of daily fantasy sports information strategy and analysis. I'm your host, Ben Hover, joined as I always am by Joey Carrion. And on today's show, we've got a lot to talk about. The NFL Combine is underway. We have rumors spreading like wildfire. We'll parse through those. We've got the USFL, a new spring football league, ready to launch about a month away from launching. And of course, we are going to talk about our results from the 2021-2022 season. We do this every year as our first pod back after break. Always important to stay authentic and transparent. Let the people know what's going on in our results. If you'd like to support the show, you can follow us on Twitter at the DFS Dose, as well as any other podcast platform on the internet. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, and if you want to connect with us for free, our Discord channel is open and available. The link to join that is in the show notes to the podcast. Joey, why don't you tell the people a little bit about what we've got coming up over the next couple of months?
1: It's going to be a couple of jam-packed months starting from now until August for us. We have a lot of content planned uh, surrounding the USFL, if we can play it in New York, because we both have talked about it. If we can't play USFL DFS in New York, we're probably not going to cover it, Uh, so that's just something... That you're just gonna have to stay tuned about but we're gonna cover free agency uh we're gonna break down each position those pods should be coming out shortly we're going to break down the draft and the upcoming rookies into the nfl we'll probably have a couple people on to talk about that since ben and i don't know shit about these rookies uh so we have to get informed we're obviously going to have best ball content 100 we're going to be doing drafts weekly we're going to be dissecting adp pre-draft we're going to be dissecting ADP post-draft so we're going to have a lot of content coming out and of course sports betting is legal in New York and that's pretty much all we've been doing since the NFL season ended so we will incorporate that as well into all of these podcasts and shows that we will be doing in the upcoming months so a lot of great things planned a lot of podcasts that we're going to have to record and put out but it's gonna be a fun time. Just make sure you stay tuned for for the journey over the next four to five months of the NFL off season.
0: Yeah, it's it's gonna be a big one. Really hoping the USFL pans out, gives us something to be fully invested in during the off season. Uh, apart from the best ball drafts, which, as you mentioned, will be fully invested in once again. And in, in terms of scheduling, I don't think we're just gonna be limiting it to like one episode per week, like we maybe did last year. I think we're just gonna sort of be pumping out as much content as we possibly can. So. Um, I I don't know if we're going to be on a solid, you know, a couple days per week type thing, but just, you know, make sure you're subscribed on whatever podcast feed you use and you're up to date on the YouTube as well, because we're just going to be pumping out content like crazy over the next couple of months.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, you know, like you said, we might not release an episode on specific days like they might come out every other day or every other two days. But think, you know, if you're a fan of us, you can definitely expect three to four podcasts a week. Obviously videos and you know we're gonna get back into the TikTok game as well. So a lot of big things planned and a lot of content to cover, especially with free agency starting pretty soon. I think those are gonna be our next upcoming pods is, is breaking down free agency. And then obviously the draft is in April, correct? Like April, May, uh-huh. sometime around then. And then and then best balls twenty-four-seven and you know, you see all these degenerates. drafting best ball teams. I mean, this is probably the worst time to draft because, I mean, you you tweeted about it. Every sharp in the industry is drafting right now. So I don't really know if there's much of an edge to be gained besides uh, maybe some ADP value. But personally, I haven't drafted any best ball teams. I've just... Taking a complete break on, on best ball.
0: Yeah, me too. I mean, I feel like I should be out there trying to defend my title as a, as a champion of last season, but I'm just, I need, I needed the break, man. I, I was shocked that an underdog tournament already launched and filled, but I guess I shouldn't be because they've been doing that year round. I mean, yeah, impressive stuff you wouldn't have believed this uh, was possible if you've been playing best ball for years. You know, a couple of years ago, we were thankful to get like one tournament towards the end of the off season. Now tournaments are filling, you know, less than a month after the season ends, a couple of weeks after the season's a- end. Yeah. So it's a good time to be, uh, you know, in the best ball streets. But yeah, I-, I don't personally see myself drafting for another couple of weeks, but we'll, we'll see how it goes.
1: Yeah, I- I'm probably on the same boat. I probably won't start drafting until uh, we start making content around it. Like I said, I just don't, see much of an edge there especially when you're just battling it out with you know guys like you james friend of the show i mean he banked a couple shout out to him yeah um, but you, you're just drafting with all these guys that are sharp and that that win so there's not much of an edge there and i have seen some articles that some some people have published that like the best time to draft ball teams is like september and august you know right before the nfl season starts and that's where a majority of the uh, the top finishers on underdog drafted was in august which definitely makes sense yeah i'm just i'm just taking i'm just taking some time away from from the drafts you know <laughs> can't can't be that degenerate
0: no no um instead we'll just bet on you know like women's olympic hockey and and
1: stuff oh like i that. mean <laughs> i mean that paid my rent for last month so it's like <laughs> you know shout can't, out to the olympics <laughs> shout out to the olympics it's over now obviously but yeah we're betting on nhl every day college basketball march madness if anybody's into that you know join the discord tag me i'm, I'm happy to talk about uh any sport with anybody because I, I bet on everything every single day
0: well let's bring it back to the nfl and, and sort of go over our results from last season we played a lot of dfs played a decent amount of best ball How did that go for you?
1: Yeah, so I have it broken down into three categories personally. So for redraft, I invested $250, played in three redraft leagues, returned $450 for a $200 profit. You know, that's just for fun, whatever. $200 profit in redraft. Best ball, not great. Not great at all. (laughs) $680 roughly invested on underdog, $165 return for a net loss of $515 on underdog. In terms of drafters, $423.75 roughly invested, $135 returned for a net loss of $288.75 on drafters. And then in DraftKings, I played $3539 over the course of the season. I returned 3117 for a net loss of $421.90. For a total net return of roughly 1050.65. Uh so a thousand dollars lost in best ball and DFS pretty much. Yeah, not not the best year for me if I uh if I don't say so myself.
0: Now that's unfortunate, especially as we are the DFS podcast and both of us were net losers in in DFS this year. On DraftKings, I played 10100 dollars returned 7 dollars K lost about 2,500 there. My season was completely saved by the win on drafters for $10,000. Um, I, I was a profitable on Yahoo in DFS, drafters. I played about a thousand dollars, won about 10.4k back. Underdog, they don't make it easy to get your results. I even DM them a little bit, like, Yo, could we get some kind of download the way that you can on, on DraftKings or whatever? And they're like, Yeah, we don't have that. I'm like, Oh, all right, bet. <laughs> and I was just in too many leagues to go through and calculate. I, I think. I was about even because I did have a couple of good tournament finishes. A lot of my teams, you know, made it through a couple rounds and paid off. So I I feel like I was about even on underdog. I didn't win anything crazy, but I did return you know, about like a thousand dollars total after it was all said and done. And I, I think that's about what I had invested on underdog and best ball this season. So maybe a slight loss, maybe a slight gain. I'm I'm not too sure. Betting was good for both of us. So, I mean, even though you were net negative about a grand throughout your DFS and best ball, I know that you finished profitable on the year as a whole. Unfortunately, we didn't get legalized sports betting until the very tail end of the season. But, you know, I was profitable about uh $1,500 in that. All in all, I entered about $11,000 this year, returned almost 20K. My exact uh, numbers here was a profit of $8,746, not including my underdog uh, wins or losses.
1: Yeah, so pretty great year for you you know your, your best profit year right i'm assuming it is yeah so solid year and yeah i definitely got saved from legal sports betting obviously all the promos pretty much just gave us free money when the sports books first got legalized right from when they became legalized to the super bowl i made all the money that i lost back on on best ball in and, and dfs like
0: right and that was what like six weeks
1: yeah yeah i made all the money back so it's not like i'm hurting Right. But obviously it sucks when you make content all year around best ball and all season around DFS and you're a net loser you know last year I profited this year I did not profit and you know I I I can attribute a couple reasons for that personally um which is which I think is important to address so number one in DFS you know you got your cash games and your GPPs and GPPs I mean we talk about it all the time they're they're difficult right and that has been tanking my ROI over the last two seasons is I feel like I'm playing GPPs optimally right you know you're shooting for first or last but you can go on a stretch of two three four years where you never bink a a tournament especially if you're playing in you know larger field tournaments because that's just the variance of the NFL right there's only 17 weeks a lot of shit happens in those weeks you know players get hurt and I I just I don't know I I I just don't, I don't know if I attribute it to bad GPP play, which I think is definitely part of it. I think part of it is maybe it's just, I don't run as good as, you know, some other people. Maybe I run a little bit below average, which I think is, is definitely part of it. Cause like I said, it's, it's a lot of variance, but yeah. And a very
0: small sample. It's, it's not like poker where, you know, over, you know, you can play 5,000 hands. You only get 17 shots at this,
1: you know, like 20 shots. If you're including max the, the playoffs right. right a year so you can be a net loser in gpps but still be a, a better player which you know i do think i am and in, in terms of cash games like I'm a, I'm a profitable cash game player and this is like a three-year sample now i have an edge in cash games <laughs> which, which is right. crazy to think about that like in terms of our content you're the cash game guy, and I focus on the tournaments. So maybe we should be flipping that around.
0: <laughs> oh, absolutely, we should be flipping it around because I got buried on cash this year, you know. And I, I think that I, we should defer to you as our go-to cash game expert going forward. You know, I mean, tournaments completely saved my ROI. I mean, I was down bad at the end of the year and really salvaged it by you know getting some really strong GPP finishes every single week of the playoffs, even into the Super Bowl. And that really helped me, you know, only be down 2,500. It would have been a lot worse had it not <laughs> been for that. So the, you know, I don't know, man. I think that I'm getting better at playing tournaments. I focused on that a lot more this season, despite the direction that my personal content took. And, and maybe that should be reflected going forward in, in what each of us respectively cover um, as individuals within the tandem.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I mean, obviously, your your cash game video is great. So you definitely... You know, don't have to get rid of that, but I I am just a better cash game player than GPP player. It's it's honestly that simple for me. You know, I I had a $421 net loss that was all due to GPPs. So it's not like I got crushed. You know, I I played about 40% gpps of the money that i invested so uh, roughly around fifteen hundred two thousand dollars somewhere around there and i didn't get crushed right like i had a couple decent finishes i had a couple of sweats throughout the year i had some top 10 finishes it it wasn't a bad year for me actually now that i'm thinking about it in terms of gpps it's just in terms of profit wasn't the best year and i I definitely did see improvement because obviously making content helps a lot uh, with with your process and whatnot, but yeah, uh, I'm I'm just a better cash game player. And then the, the second thing, real quick, is just towards like November and December, the end of the season. I, I was just I don't know. I was just was not in the in the right mental space to play. DFS and I, I think that's part of it like th- like this is a mental game like the the losses can just weigh you down so much mentally obviously the the money is whatever um you know money comes money goes whatever but when, when you're when you're losing and especially on social media nowadays right like you're you're seeing everybody else win hundreds of thousands of dollars tens of thousands of dollars and, and you think that like you're on the not on the same level per se in terms of player skill but like, you know you're close you put in the time you put in the effort you put in the research you put in the work you use all the same resources and you just don't run as good as you had hoped for and I feel like that kind of impacted me towards the end of the season so I really just stopped playing like I played about like 60% less than what I played in 2020 and I think I can attribute that to just my mental capacity at that time and you know I just kind of got sick of it to be honest
0: so would would you attribute that to the losing streak?
1: Yeah, I mean, definitely part of it's the losing streak. I, w- I would say part of it is what I was talking about, seeing other people just winning a bunch of money. And obviously I'm happy for them because these people grind their fucking asses off and they deserve every cent that they make. But it, like I said, it's also hard. You know, social media nowadays, you you see a lot of people with things that you might want and that you don't have, and it can impact your mental health. Uh, so I, I think both things combined just made me lose interest in playing DFS towards the end of the year. Uh, so I kind of settled, I kind of settled down a little bit. I mean, I still played, you know, some head to heads and, and whatnot, but I didn't play as much volume. Um, and I think I can attribute it to, you know, both of those situations that I described.
0: And and I dealt with that to a certain extent. I think for me, it was less about the actual DFS and it was more personal where my focuses were at various points, especially, say, October through December, just personal life stuff, and, like, my focuses not being fully invested, and I think that that came through in my play, especially in cash games, and when your mind is on other subjects, whatever that may be in your personal life, I feel like it's harder, especially for me as, as someone who is trying to primarily play cash games, to nailed down like the optimal picks because my brain wasn't in it the way that it has been in past years where I would be sitting there grinding every single day. I, it's like a meme at this point, like tinkering with your cash shell all week, like <laughs> making sure that you're, you know, making the the right most thoughtful plays that make sense optimally. And I just wasn't focused enough. You know, I would do the content early in the week and then I would tune out and be focused on other things and come back Sunday morning and try and catch up. And it it just wasn't working for me. So like I was distracted on a personal level and I think that that definitely impacted the way that I played down the stretch as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, def- definitely makes sense. You know, sometimes there's just shit that happens in your life that you know you can't control, and it takes your focus off certain things and, and certain aspects that you know you you wanted to focus on, and that's that's just how it goes. So yeah, I, I, I definitely think that we definitely as a tandem lost focus as the as the season went on. So obviously that has to change for 2022. When the season starts, and you know, make sure that you know our processes are still good, and, and make sure you know that that we're putting each other on the right plays, which we usually do. I think so. So just just moving forward, I think it's going to be better. You know, last last year just just a tough year. I mean, I don't, I don't personally, I don't think I play bad. I mean, cash obviously, I was profitable. Uh, so pretty happy with that. And, and GPPs, I also don't think I played terribly. Uh, definitely could improve. But yeah, the, the focus definitely needs to uh, rise towards the end of the season.
0: And, and I think that's, I mean, we sort of started off the podcast talking about that and, and being re-inspired to focus and make improvements. And I think that that's kind of where it starts. And I think the results will follow. So I mean, yeah. I'm I'm excited for what this year Can be. And and I guess that's the biggest takeaway I have from the season is like, I look at my results and I look at how in the off season, I was just super focused. You know, I was so into every stream that we did and I was, you know, very hyper focused on having the best possible process I could in best ball. And this year is the year that I won a best ball tournament. Mm -hmm. My focus dwindled, you know, at points during the season as other things in life were happening. And I had one of my worst DFS years. And I think that, you know, that, that always comes back to it. You know, everyone always just wants to talk about how they run and the variants and this and that. But I mean, I, I, you know, we talk about accountability and I, I personally think that it was a huge impact. You know, the effort we put in gave the results that we earned is the way that I want to say that.
1: Yep. I, I agree. 100%.
0: I guess we can close out our results segment here just with our our final end of season records for the bets that we gave. Obviously, we were only able to actually invest in these towards the latter part of the season as, you know, we mentioned legalized sports betting came into New York at the very tail end of the NFL season, but we did both finish with plus records in terms of our bets. I think going forward, we're going to do this maybe more on like a units basis because it didn't really you know compensate yeah. for the underdogs we took versus the favorites we took and and it's not necessarily fair to just say what percentage of bets we got right we're definitely going to have to change that going forward but that's what we did last year um you had a 53.2% hit rate on your bets hit 25 out of 47 i hit 35 out of 52 for a 67.3% win rate Ultimately, we were both successful betters, and we saw that materialize as it became legal in our state.
1: Yep, one hundred percent. You know, sixty-seven percent for you. It's really good in terms of record. Mine is fifty-three percent, but I definitely agree that moving forward, we will be recording units one, not per not record per se. Like obviously, right. we'll keep track of record, but you know, if you're betting and you know you went thirty-five and seventeen, but ten of those seventeen losses were three unit plays. You probably had a negative ROI or close to it that wouldn't be indicative of a sixty seven percent hit rate. And same for right. me. Like, you know, if fifteen of my twenty two losses were five unit plays, five hundred dollars, like I'm down a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so definitely gonna be moving towards uh units one. And I don't even think these records include all of the fucking props that we got right on our Super Bowl pod. Because, like I said in, in the beginning, if you listen to that podcast, you made money. Because we oh, got absolutely. that Super Bowl 100% right. Um, and, and that's when, obviously, we had legal betting and we put our money where our mouth was. And we got the exact game script of the Super Bowl 100% correct. And pretty much every single player and their usage correct. So I mean, we out. knocked
0: it out of the park, and also shout out to us for finding some bets that I didn't hear any other platform cover. Yeah. I mean, we we dug deep, and we found some that, I mean, eventually got taken down because I think the books realized that they were fucking up, but, I mean, there were some bets on there, like the winning margin bet comes to mind that's just absolutely yeah. insane, and I'm proud of us for finding.
1: Yeah, great, some great finds, and I, I think we ended with like a 7-1 or 8-1 record on props that we're between minus 180 and plus 125 or something like that we we really just lost on the plus 300 long shot prop. so we had we had a great super bowl and that and that's what we're going to focus on moving forward is just supplementing the information that we give with some bets that we like especially when nfl comes back and we will be recording our units uh throughout the season as well
0: yeah and uh, definitely going to be making some uh, nfl draft bets can't wait for that to open
1: up yeah Draft props. I mean, we do we do a draft prop pod every year, and it's always one of the more fun pods to, to record, especially when you're betting on like who the first pick is gonna hug first or whatever. Oh yeah,
0: can't wait. And
1: you know, over the last two years, we haven't been able to bet on them, but we we've gotten a lot right.
0: Oh, we have, dude. I mean, we nailed. We I think we've nailed who the pick is gonna hug every single year. Yeah, you know, you got to <laughs> dive deep into the personal relationships. Facts, facts. Speaking of legalized betting We already referenced the USFL, which is a spring football league, eight teams. It is supposed to launch in April. It looks like that's still on track to happen. And I guess the thing that we're waiting for as a podcast is figuring out whether or not we're going to be able to bet on it in New York and whether or not DFS is going to be available for it in New York. I think back to the XFL a few years ago, where it took them like three or four weeks after the start of the league for you to be able to play on DraftKings and then the league like immediately collapsed right after that. So we got like one good week of XFL content in there before it all went to shit. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I hope I hope that doesn't happen with the USFL. I hope that New York realizes the potential in in this. I think there's a lot of interest in spring f- uh football especially like when you look at the context of the sports world right now. MLB is in shambles. So like there's there's room right now for yeah. this league. There's some notoriety in players and coaches, NFL head coaches, some players that you would recognize from, you know, brief stints in the NFL, from the XFL as well. And I mean, I think this league has some potential. I hope that we have the opportunity to make bets and play DFS around
1: it. Yeah, I think we definitely will. It's just a matter of will it be available Come week one, because, you know, you reference XFL and how we didn't get it until like week four, but then COVID happened the week after, right? Yeah. So that's why the XFL stopped was because of COVID. Uh, they probably would have played the full season had COVID not happened. Uh, so we're definitely going to get a full season of the USFL. And I mean, at the end of the day, it's football and America loves football, right? They, they want to watch football no matter how good the skill level is.
0: And they want to gamble on it too.
1: Um, yes, and, and we want to gamble on it. So there's definitely room for the USFL and the XFL is actually coming back next year. So there's definitely room for these leagues to happen, especially in the spring when there's no NFL. I think it benefits everybody, especially these guys that are trying to get you know their names out there and get a shot at making the NFL. And the NFL is the only pro league that doesn't have like a, a farm slash minor league system. So I, I definitely think something like that could be in the plans. And I, I think they've discussed that with the XFL, actually, kind of it being the minor league system to the NFL. But yeah, it's going to be exciting. I think we obviously will have it. It's just a matter of when. So that will dictate our plans as a podcast and when we will drop podcasts around the USFL. But
0: I mean, ideally, we'll be there from day one. That, that's the yeah. hope.
1: Yeah, because, but, uh, but we
0: can't. But we can't fake interest either, if because I mean, damn. Like I barely would care about the NFL if we couldn't bet or or, or yeah, no. you know play DFS around it. So I'm definitely not going to care about this shit if there's no way to make money on it.
1: Yeah, so. if if we can't play DFS, like I am probably not going to give one fuck about the league until we can. <laughs> but obviously, uh, like
0: just keeping it real.
1: Yeah. We, we talked about it, but, like, we we want to, like, break down each team. Like, we we want to put out eight podcasts and, and break down each team. You know, like, 20-minute podcasts talking about the coaches and, you know, the players and, you know, maybe some predictions for the team or whatever. But there's really no point to do that if we can't even fucking play DFS. Now, betting, that that might be a little bit different if we can bet from week one, but we can't play DFS from week one. Like, we will probably do something in terms of betting maybe like a little video or something, but, but nothing crazy. But yeah, like I, I will have no interest if we can't do either on the USFL.
0: And there was a news story this week that DraftKings has announced that they will be doing bets um, on the USFL. I think they'll be doing DFS as well. It's just a matter of state by state approval and you know, God, New York,
1: and, I and mean, New York is the no stone faith. fucking worst.
0: Something I was looking up before the podcast started, there have been more than $2 billion in wagers in New York <laughs> State since it became legalized. The state has generated over $80 million in tax revenue. So, like, I mean, God, it would be just absolutely absurd for them to not, you know, jump into this full throttle. A quarter of the nation's mobile sports bets wagers on the Super Bowl came from New York. 25% in the entire nation.
1: New York is a is a huge, huge market, obviously.
0: Yeah, I mean... I don't want to
1: get my hopes up. I, I think the likeliest outcome is we get betting on it first, and DFS will probably come after. If the XFL is any indication, maybe I'm wrong about that, but I, I definitely think we'll have betting from week one. But like, just in terms of New York, we still don't even have like NHL props available.
0: Yeah, that's crazy. Think about that.
1: I like I bet on NHL pretty much every day now. Like I actually enjoy watching hockey. Like right personally right now I would rather watch a hockey game over a basketball game any day of the week. And I and I bet on it. We can't even bet on shot on goal props in New York. In terms of other sports books in other in other states like all these other states have like college baseball that you could bet on. You know where where there's a niche and some edge to be gained. College baseball, women's college basketball. You know why can we bet on men's but we can't bet on women's in New York?
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know what century DraftKings is living in. Get your shit together.
1: Yeah, DraftKings didn't even have women's Olympic hockey. Like sexist as fuck. <laughs> like honestly, it is <laughs> a little bit, it, but they no, don't really is. They don't want to lose money because they know there's more of an edge. And women's stuff. So, oh yeah,
0: I mean WNBA used to be one of those for people who really grinded it. Yeah, um, just because the the people who really put the time in were gaining a massive edge, and that's probably why we're seeing that. I mean, shout out to FanDuel for at least uh, offering women's hockey throughout the Olympics. But
1: yeah, so I mean, we kind of digressed off the convo, but yeah, New York is very <laughs> slow and very trash in terms of what they offer for ancillary sports and props. So I don't want to get my hopes up with the USFL.
0: Well, hopefully uh, New York does the right thing. Hopefully they look at the numbers and realize that we will bet on it if it's available. <laughs> DraftKings, FanDuel, Caesars, MGM do the right thing. All right, let's talk some football. How about that? You know, we haven't done that uh, for the first 40 minutes of this podcast. <laughs> the NFL uh, is currently undergoing the combine in Indy. I don't have too much to say in terms of you know prospects. As you alluded to earlier, that's not really our bag. We don't claim to be scouts. We will have some more knowledgeable people on the podcast to educate us as we did last year. And I think that that provided a pretty big edge for the people who listened to that last year. Some really insightful information. We're going to see if we can get some repeat guests there. But the interesting thing from the combine is that, you know, all these coaches and GMs are there and all the reporters are there and we're starting to get some nuggets. You know, news is starting to come out. And I think the big story right now is what's going on in Arizona with Kyler Murray, on Tuesday his agent dropped this insanely convoluted statement, basically saying that Kyler Murray wants to, you know, remain on the Cardinals, but he wants a new contract. There's been rumblings about, you know, whether or not Murray is a good teammate, what his commitment level is, you know, he didn't want to go back into the game against the Rams in the playoffs because they were getting blown out and that rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. And there seems to be some major tension between Kyler and the team. This isn't something that we would have thought as we were looking at Arizona as one of the best teams and Kyler is a potential MVP candidate, you know, in, in say November, but that was a long time ago and things are changing. And on Wednesday. GM of the Cardinals, Steve Kime, got extended. Head coach Cliff Kingsbury got extended. And I think the timing of this happening speaks a lot about, you know, where the team's allegiances lie. So, I mean, uh, what are your main thoughts on this Kyler Murray situation?
1: I, honestly, my main thought is that, like, it's the it's the offseason. And I, I think that the media and all of these sports shows Just need something to talk about. And this Kyler Murray situation is a a situation where I I think it's just being a little bit blown out of proportion by people in the media. Obviously, his agent released that long ass thing. I can 100% confirm I did not read that. (laughs) Like, you you know that meme where it's like...
0: Congratulations, yeah, so I'm sorry that happened yeah, to you. <laughs> yeah, like,
1: I ain't reading that shit. So I have no idea what it said. But I think this shit is just being blown out of proportion. I think the Cardinals would be pretty foolish to move on from Kyler. Now, I will say, from an NFL perspective, I don't know if Kyler is the guy to win you a Super Bowl. And I, I think he is a little bit overrated, obviously, in terms of fantasy. Like, he's a great fantasy quarterback. But from a real-life quarterback perspective, like, he's small... I mean, he can make every throw. I don't know. I feel like he's just inconsistent. He's on the smaller side, which obviously hurts you as a quarterback. But I think there's, there's nobody to replace him, especially nobody as good as him. In the draft. Yeah, I think they would be foolish to move on. I don't really have a good read on this situation. I honestly just think it's being overblown quite a bit. He's going to play for Arizona in 2022, and they're probably going to give him a contract at the end of the day.
0: That's my lean, too. I mean, him and Cliff Kingsbury have the same agent. That's kind of like an underrated storyline. You know, Kingsbury gets the extension done with Arizona on Wednesday. I don't see them, you know, opting to let Kyler go um yeah i think it's a little i think it's a little weird you know some of the the stuff because i mean maybe it's just contract games you know where like the team is putting out this stuff about kyler not being a great player because that's not coming from him that's that's coming from somewhere and you have to think it's the team maybe trying to get a better price on the contract or whatever and this rebuttal by his agent is probably just you know agent versus team contract negotiation bullshit playing off the media like you said I think Kyler stays with the Cardinals too, but there's definitely some legitimate tension I think between the two sides, but you know, we saw that all offseason last year with Aaron Rodgers and what ended up happening, Rodgers uh, stayed with the Packers and yeah. you know, went on to have an MVP season.
1: Yeah, I mean, most likely scenario is Kyler plays for Arizona in 2022 and all of this just gets blown under the water and they'll probably give him a, a contract extension. If they don't, then he he's probably out, but he, he's playing for Arizona in 2022.
0: He's not the only quarterback with some news around them. You know, speaking of Aaron Rodgers, there was a quote earlier this week from the Combine by Packers GM Brian Gutekunst that said, no team has even reached out for a possible Aaron Rodgers trade. His exact quote was not a single person. You know, after all the drama last offseason, it seemed like 2021 was going to be Rodgers' farewell tour in Green Bay. Of course, we know what happens. He goes out, plays out of his mind, wins MVP. Do you think that's enough to change things? You know, is Rodgers' state with the Packers significantly different than what it was last year? I think a lot of it comes down to Devontae Adams. Like, are they, they have to keep his guy for him to want to stay there. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that teams aren't showing interest in Rodgers, though. I think there are a handful of teams that would be willing to pay whatever price. Yeah,
1: that's a flat-out. Fucking lie from the Packers GM. (laughs) Like, there's no shot that a team hasn't at least, you know, contacted you to see if he's available. And obviously the the Packers don't want Rodgers to go. So this could be a situation like last year where it's a lot of cat and mouse, a lot of Rodgers going on, you know, talk shows and in the media and, you know, saying how he's frustrated and blah blah blah, all this other bullshit, but he ends up staying. I think that is the most likely scenario I honestly just don't believe the Packers will trade Rodgers at the end of the day I, I I really just don't think they will uh obviously like you said a lot of it rests on whether the Packers keep DeVonte Adams or not obviously they can franchise tag him and you know give Rodgers a little contract extension I've seen some talk that they want to make him like the highest paid player in the NFL or whatever if that will make him happy who knows so they could they could definitely keep both Rodgers and Adams yeah, I think Rodgers probably plays for Green Bay in uh 2022 unless he retires, you know, out of the blue.
0: I think so as well. I mean, his best bet would definitely be to stay in the NFC. So like these things about oh, yeah. him going to Denver, like yeah, like why would you do that when you can play in the NFC North? Why <laughs> would you go to to <laughs> go face Kansas City and the Chargers t- uh two times per year each? That sounds yeah. But it, it's
1: like what else does he need to win though? Like they've given them everything
0: i guess maybe another wide receiver this time around instead of a backup quarterback but, but
1: in a backup running back yeah I yeah know. i mean the the packers have done some pretty incompetent drafting in terms of surrounding rogers with uh some skill players that can help him win a super bowl but like they're there every year you know the like rogers on the packers in that division they're they're winning 13 plus games uh so he'd be a, a stone idiot to go to the AFC especially like the Broncos like you said in a division with Herbert Carr and Mahomes like why would he do that if he want if his goal is to win a ring he's staying in Green Bay so I don't really get all this you know Rogers to Washington or Denver or whomever he's staying with the Packers and they're gonna win 13 games they're gonna be the number one seed in the NFC and then they're gonna fucking lose in the playoffs (laughs) happens every goddamn year
0: Oh yeah, I mean that 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 just goes without saying. Um you know, speaking of the uh the Washington Commanders, by the way, Ron Gotta Rivera, their head coach. Yeah, I know. I it took me a second to even get that out. But yeah, um Russell Wilson is from Virginia. And he's another player who's rumored to have some tension with his team. You know, they're all all—they're both saying all the right things. Seattle saying they want him back. Russ is saying, you know, I'm with Seattle right now. But this is a story that we've been talking about since last year. I, I don't know. Do you see Russell Wilson as a player who could potentially be on the move? He himself is in a very tough division with Stafford, with Kyler, Trey Lance on the rise. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think Wilson moves either. I mean, this is, you know, a bunch of boring takes. I think everybody stays. I think it's all bullshit. But I, I don't know. Do you think Russell Wilson could be on the way out of Seattle. I mean,
1: maybe I I don't, I don't think so. I, I think he stays with Seattle just for the sole purpose that you know they, they don't want to trade him to like another NFC team. I, I don't think a report came out today that they're not looking to trade Russell Wilson, and they have no intention of trading Russell Wilson. That's what Pete Carroll said came out an hour ago. So I I do think that <laughs> Russell Wilson does end up playing for Seattle. Like you said, boring takes, but they're probably the correct takes. Just. Wouldn't make much sense for the Packers or Seattle to, to trade their star quarterbacks at this point, unless they're, you know, full on committing to blowing up the team and, and starting from scratch, which I mean, could definitely happen for like these teams. I, I feel like they need to, but I don't, I don't think they want to trade them in the conference. And then if you go to the AFC, that's where all the star power is. So these quarterbacks probably don't want to go. To the AFC either, if their main goal is to win a Super Bowl, which a, which a lot of these guys, that's all they want is is a Super Bowl ring, right? So
0: yeah, I mean, and and those are the three big names, the like the superstar names that could be on the on the move. Obviously, there's Deshaun Watson who's kind of just looming in the shadows in a holding pattern. We don't know how that's going to go. I, I don't even want to speculate. He he's the one that you know very clearly won't be playing on the Texans yeah. this year. I guess it's just a matter of if he plays. If he does play, it certainly won't be there. I could definitely see him being, you know, the big moving piece that that shifts some of these guys. But some of them, you know, less exciting quarterbacks, I definitely think are going to be moving spots. You know, everything coming out of Indy suggests that they are fed up with Carson Wentz's mediocrity. Jimmy Garoppolo, despite getting sh- uh, shoulder surgery, is expected to be traded. All we're hearing out of San Francisco is how excited they are about Trey Lance. Obviously, they traded up. For him in a massive deal last season. He's going to be the starter for San Francisco this year. So Jimmy G is going to be playing somewhere else. And then a couple other guys like Jameis Winston should be on the move this year. Danny Dimes is quote unquote the Giants starting quarterback for now. That's not exactly (laughs) a ringing endorsement. So, I mean, I could see some of these guys getting, you know, shifted around maybe to, you know, just trading spots. You know, maybe Jameis goes to Indy, Carson goes to the Saints. Like I could see some stuff like that happening. Mitch Trubisky, there's, you know, a surprising amount of fire around his name right now like these guys are going to be moving around these trash teams but i think the main guys stay put
1: yeah i i agree with that take kyler rogers russ i, I think they stay with their respective teams watson i think goes to a new team uh for sure and I, I think he will probably play in 2022 if i had to guess um you know he's still a superstar quarterback in his prime barring his legal stuff That will probably get cleared by the time the NFL season starts, I'm assuming. So Watson will definitely be on the move. That's going to be interesting to see where he goes because anywhere he goes, he's going to boost the fantasy value of the skill position players immediately, especially if he goes to a team like Carolina with EJ Moore, CMC, Robbie, like all of those guys, are, are going to be great picks. But yeah, there's there's going to be a lot of a lot of quarterbacks on the move this year. Um, there's a lot of quarterbacks that I think will not be with their respective teams, which you highlighted. And there's a lot of backups from this year that I think are going to be starters once again for 2022, specifically, Mitch and Marcus Mariota. I think are going to be two guys that get starting opportunities somewhere just because of the lack of skill, at least from what I've heard in the NFL draft. And there's a lot of quarterback spots available now after some of these retirements. And obviously, teams are, are going to move on from oh, some of their bad starters like Washington with Taylor Heineke. Obviously, Big Ben retired. Tom Brady retired. The Saints have a have a QB opening unless they roll with Taysom. Carson Wentz is fucking dog shit. You know, he's gone so
0: denver yep
1: denver is an open spot uh they're not rolling with teddy and drew lock once again so yeah this quarterback class of of free agency is going to be crazy and you know like like we talked about earlier we're going to break down each position in free agency and say our guesses of of where these guys are going to go so i'll I'll leave that for that but this offseason is going to be i think it's going to be nuts
0: are you excited for mitch trubisky to be back in our lives trash biscuit himself
1: yeah mitch mitchell trash biscuit i mean is he better than some of the starters in the league probably i would say so is he going to elevate the players around him absolutely not nope maybe in the right system he'll be a solid you know game managing quarterback and You know, I tweeted it. Obviously, you got to take into account Matt Nagy. And I I just don't think he was the right fit for Matt Nagy's offense. But he also showed relatively nothing. But he does have some tools you could work with. Like he does have a pretty solid arm. Uh, for an NFL quarterback, he does have mobility, which obviously is huge in 2022, and I think it's still undervalued. If, if you're not that good of a thrower, but you can scramble and create plays on the ground and, you know, create rushing touchdowns and, you know, opportunities, I think that can cancel out some of the inefficiencies that you may have as a passer i.e jalen hurts like people say jalen hurts is a back quarterback and but like he brings a lot of value in terms of rushing which creates scoring opportunities so i think mitchell can't do that for teams so it's going to be interesting to see where he goes i i do think he's a starter in 2022 though week One.
0: Oh yeah there's way too much smoke around this for there not to be fire he's he's absolutely going to be a starter i just see this playing out sort of similarly to maybe how the Sam Darnold saga played out at the beginning of this year, where he starts off hot, you know, a new, a new situation, a new coordinator, maybe he ends up with some good weapons around him. And then eventually he, he shows himself to be what he is, which is, Mm -hmm. you know, not good.
1: Yeah, I agree. And if you really think about it, like the, the quarterback skill falls off like drastically in the NFL now, Oh yeah, like you have like the top 12 to 14 guys. And then below them like they're all just bad like there there is a serious lack of great quarterbacks in the nfl today
0: and by all accounts this isn't the draft that's going to infuse uh much talent
1: now yeah i i agree with that 100 and i do think last year's class takes a step forward though i think we could see all of those guys elevate into you know the the top tier or close to the top tier of quarterbacking in the nfl especially um trevor lawrence uh, I'll be buying low on T. Law in the off season, but yeah, there, there's just a lack of great quarterbacks. So a lot of these, you know, career game managing average quarterbacks like Mitch, Darnold, Jimmy Garoppolo, Jameis Winston, you know, Teddy Bridgewater, Taylor Heineke, they're probably going to get opportunities to start, and th- they probably will be starting quarterbacks in the NFL in Week One. So. That's just the reality we have to live with. And that also goes into the point of the Packers and Cardinals. They they won't trade their star quarterbacks because there ain't nothing else out there.
0: There's really not. And I, that about sums up what we've got for quarterback. I want to go too in deep on the other positions as we're going to be yeah. doing individual podcasts on them. But for those of you who are out there degenerately drafting in best ball tournaments right now, some of the other notes... Chris Godwin doesn't appear to be going anywhere. That's kind of tough for best ball as we don't know who the quarterback is going to be. Kind of hard Blank to stack Aber. the Bucs offense. <laughs> God, I, I hope not. Bruce Arian said that he was that Godwin was a candidate for the franchise tag. I don't really see Godwin leaving no matter what, whether it's via the tag or some sort of legit extension.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't think Godwin is leaving Tampa Bay from the rhetoric that we've heard.
0: Steven Jones said that it was too early to address Amari Cooper's standing with the team. I think that there's a legit possibility that cooper is not with dallas in this coming year his 2022 contract becomes guaranteed in the next couple of weeks officially on march 20th so we should know this sooner rather than later but if he does make it to march 20th with dallas he would have the second biggest cap hit of any wide receiver in the league at 22 million dollars
1: sheesh i mean is he gonna leave I mean, I mean
0: i mean i'm at like think about how much cheaper they could resign cedric wilson for and how how different is their offense if it's like Gallup, lamb cedric yeah you're probably right is it different is it it's, less explosive i don't i don't think it nah,
1: is. it's it's not that much worse to be honest you know cd i think is a, a wide receiver one and if, if they can get A draft pick or two for Amari and you know let somebody else take that massive cap hit I I would be all for uh trading Amari Cooper and then there's some other good ancillary free agent wide receivers as well that that they could target at a cheaper uh, price and and get the same explosiveness so we'll have to see on that um obviously we'll, we'll talk about that more but who knows? Maybe, maybe he gets traded.
0: And then we have two running backs as well um, that are that are gaining some buzz here, uh, you know, around the combine. The Broncos reportedly want to keep Melvin Gordon. Do you think so he goes dumb. anywhere? I I don't I don't I don't know, man. I mean, people are drafting Javante Williams with like a top second round pick in best ball right now. Yeah, idiots. that makes me want to hop in this. That makes me want to hop in these tournaments, though, because that, that's like the easiest fate of all time. Like, oh, my God, that, that, that's
1: why I'm so fucking pissed. that I lost money in best ball because I know I drafted optimally and faded all of these trash picks like Javante Williams in the first round because Melvin Gordon's coming back and they're going to be in a timeshare once again. I think that's inevitable. And the only way Javante pays off this first round price tag is if he's not back. So that's the easiest fade in best ball right now is Javante Williams at the one-two turn. I'm assuming that's where he's going, right? Roughly, Just so dumb. Like I don't get what why people do things like that. I, I They're
0: they're wish casting. Yeah, they they exactly. they can't separate what they want to happen versus what is most likely to happen. That's the biggest edge in best Everyone's arguing with the biggest edges. That's that's the biggest edge right there. I take it from me.
1: I honestly I, I agree that, that you put you said that perfectly. They want Javante Williams to be this workhorse running back that is going to just Exuberate fantasy points, and it's probably just not going to happen.
0: Got, got at least another year before that happens. Yeah, maybe so, two.
1: <laughs> so yeah.
0: Saquon Barkley's on the trade block. I, I think it's pretty he's obvious that he's going to be gone. Yeah, he's um, gone, hundred percent. I think he needs that. You know, yeah. I, I really, I think he does. I mean, he should still be able to provide value from for somebody, unless he's like full Todd Gurley bus status at, at nah. this point in his career. But I don't think he is. I think Barkley could definitely have a really strong second half to his career. Imagine if he goes somewhere like Buffalo. Like we we saw what Devin Singletary could do. Imagine like Barkley in that role.
1: Nah, if Saquon goes to Buffalo, I would be all in on Saquon, once again, as an elite fantasy option. That would obviously be the stone nut landing spot for his fantasy value. I I think even though Josh Allen does take a lot on the ground, just being in that explosive of an offense on a team that kind of did focus on running the ball towards the end of the season I think it would be great for uh, Saquon's value and he could be you know the the three down back there and obviously Singletary performed really well as well yeah I I think that would be great and I kind of want to buy low on Saquon this year you know it's another year removed off his ACL he's going to be more healthy he's probably going to be in a better situation like I said haven't done any bus ball drafts so I don't know where he's going but if he's going in like the third or fourth round, I, I think I would have some interest in uh, in buying low on, you know, what once was a generational running back prospect. And I, I still think he has the talent to to be that guy.
0: I'll just quickly say his underdog ADP right now is 25.8. So top so third, of the third, third round. Yep. Uh,
1: yeah, that's where I would. That's where I would uh, guess. So, yeah, I would definitely be willing to take a shot on him at, at that point in the draft.
0: Absolutely, and and we'll get uh some more in depth thoughts on that. Free agency is definitely approaching. Man, I think that's it. Is there anything else you want to hit on before we get out of here?
1: No, I think this is a good return pod back. You know, we kind of went from mental health to results and and talking about the NFL. So kind of uh different different topics uh, on this pod. Um, good good to be back. Hour long, good to get in into the swing of things, and looking forward to uh, all of the content that we have plan coming out just some just some big things moving forward that i'm excited for and you know shout out to everybody if you're if you're still listening um hope you guys uh rock with us for the next five months of the off season
0: fuck that the next five years we're taking over (laughs) facts (laughs) all right that's gonna be it for episode 199 of the dfs dose podcast make sure you guys follow us on twitter at the dfs dose as well as our personal twitters i'm at ben Halver, joey's at joey carrying dfs If you guys want to connect with us, stay up to date on every podcast that drops or simply just interact with us. You can join the discord for free. The link to do that is in the description to the podcast. To everybody listening out there, we do appreciate you. We do value you. Until next time, let's stay accountable and keep it authentic. Bye.